time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, the great Norm Chad. But first, let's get down to business with the Waterhouse Update, brought to you by Pandemodium. Get rid of your diarrhea in one chaotic blast with Pandemodium. NFL playoffs, Saints-Vikings calling the game for Fox, Troy Aikman, and Billy Idol. Vikings win on a play more improbable than Logan Paul's career. Stephon Diggs, harder to catch than a glimpse of your neighbor's wife naked. Although Marcus Williams' attempted tackle looked more like a 51-year-old white guy stepping on a hoverboard for the first time. Took nearly two minutes for head ref Sebastian Maniscalco to confirm the Viking TD. Sean Payton so bellow in the post-game presser the Dalai Lama sent him a free robe. That doesn't happen every day. That update brought to you by Gentlemen Prefer Gentlemen, the all-gentlemen's gentlemen's club. Jacksonville overcame both Pittsburgh and their own helmets to win. Steelers apparently had the late Warren Zevon calling offensive plays. Hats off to the Jags. And by that I mean seriously, take off those ridiculous ski caps. They make your helmets look like a Monet. Patriots beat the Titans in a game over quicker than Sunday Mass in Las Vegas. And the Eagles, like a life insurance agent who's seen your chest x-rays, they just keep coming at you. Soccer! Nah, I'm just kidding. And that's the Waterhouse Update brought to you by ukuleles. Make any music sound unimportant with a ukulele. Now my guest today, people, national sports columnist, voice of ESPN's World Series of Poker. He and I met doing in-depth breakdowns of the Notre Dame football message boards for the Crybaby Network. Please welcome Norm Chad. Norm, how are you today? It's Norman Chad. Oh, damn. I like to go casual. (laughs) If you haven't been able to pick that up yet, I'm kind of a cash guy. First of all, uh, Norm, I was up for that play-by-play gig. And uh, who got it? Was the, who's the guy you work with on World Series of Poker? Uh, Lon McKeatron. Uh, Lon McCarron. Some bootlicker. Beat me out, son of a gun. I don't even know how that happened. Here's what I think. Because I did my audition, Norm, and I had uh, nicknames. You know, there's nicknames for the cards. Like aces are, uh, are, are bullets and uh, twos are deuces. But I kept going. I had like uh, trays, quads. Then I had fins for fives, sexolas. Uh, Lucky Sevens, Snowmen, El Ninos for the Nines, Gunboats for the Tens, Squires, Dames, and Cowboys rounded it out. And I think it just uh, hit them like a brick right between the eyes, and they they kiboshed me. Yeah, you lost me on Fins. Uh, I don't know why they didn't take you. Those were all tremendous nicknames. I think so, too. Now, take me through the Texas Hold'em poker terms, because a a lot of my listeners... Don't don't quite understand some of the significance of those. You know, there's a pocket aces, for instance. Pocket aces, go. Pocket aces is when you have a pair of pockets, a pair of aces, in one of your pockets. Really? Yes. Generally, so you the lo- could actually cheat. 
Yes, that's what you, you've heard the expression ace up your sleeve, correct? So this is two aces up your sleeve. No, this is two aces in your left pocket. Wow, I did not know that. You put them out on the table, and then you have pocket aces. Then you got the flop. Or is that the flip? Is there a flip? No, there's not a that's flip. That's a that... house show. Damn it, that's a house show, flip-flop. Flop is what? Uh, there was, uh, what was that last Harvey Firestein show on Broadway? Uh, <laughs> no, not that kind of <laughs> That closed in two weeks. Inside Texas Hold'em. Yeah, so the flop, you know, you got, everyone has two cards, and then they put that <laughs> flop out. They put three cards out in the middle of the table that anybody in the entire card room is allowed to use. That was, uh, Harvey Firestein tried to do Top Gun on Broadway. I think that lasted two days. That was the last <laughs> flop. So they flop, they flip and flop. What is the first card called? When they put out three, what, how do they, how do they? You know, when they yeah. put out three, we, we've never come up with a name for it, because they come out at the same time, those three. Okay. Should all, come, there's no name for that? So there's, there's one, two, and three, but there's no name for those three. How about the... Uh, it's a community... How about the stew pot? The See st- if you can't get that going. The stew pot? Yeah. I'm dropping out the stew pot. <laughs> you know, like uh, a jambalaya, maybe. Uh, okay. Oh, the stew pot. I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. stew pot. Let's jump. Yeah. There's the jambalaya. There's three cards. Okay. Then we're going to hit you with the flop. Okay. I'm going to go with slow cooker. I like that. What do they call those? Crockpot. Crockpot. Well, we don't want that uh, element. Uh, you don't want uh, the crockpot element? No. I don't know why. The whole thing's a crock. How could that possibly be considered a sport? Tell me. Nobody said it was a sport. It's a game. My goodness, you're testy today. Now, what's the street called? Is that uh, uh, Queer Street? You knocked them onto Queer Street. That's the last street, right? That's boxing or WWE. <laughs> there's, five, there's five streets. Fifth Street is the fi- the final street. Uh-huh. So what are got, the other streets? You got, so you got the is flop? there like a Main Street? Huh? No, the Main Street. Is there Johnson Boulevard? There are, we had the flop, and then there's the turn, and then there's the river. Are you familiar with that? The flop is three cards. Oh, so, okay, that's what we're calling the, uh, that's, that's the, that's the crockpot. That's the crockpot, or the, okay. the stew pot. <laughs> then there's the turn. The turn. Okay. Then I proposed... Putting another card in between the turn and the river, uh-huh. I would call it the peekaboo. Really? Yes. See, I'd call it the footbridge. That would get you from the turn over the river. That's much more politically correct footbridge than. Uh, but you're going peek-a-boo. peekaboo. I'm going peekaboo. Like it's peek-a-boo. a surprise <laughs> card. <laughs> oh, you're saying they just throw it out? Any card the dealer wants. Yes. Doesn't even have to take it off the top of the deck. Exactly. He can take it. It's like a bonus card. It's a joker. Man, this is uh, this is Hong Kong Hold'em. Okay. This ain't Texas Hold'em anymore. And then we go to the river. That's now the that's final the, card. Well, that's the final card. That's Fifth Street. So you're sailing. You're sailing down the river whether you like it or not. Well, sometimes you got to go deep in the river to find what you want. Now, is there something called a rat in the pie hole, or did I get two broadcasts mixed up? This is no. That's a, that's more. Uh, that's a Korean War reference. <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. That's, okay. It was a taste treat in the early fifties during the Korean War. The rat in the pie hole. Now, explain this to me. Dead man's hand. Dead man's hand. What is it? Actually, when uh, Wild Bill Hickok, the legend Wild Bill Hickok, uh-huh. supposedly when he was shot while playing poker in a saloon by somebody who was not happy with him, I would imagine, he was holding two aces and two eights in a five-card draw game. He had two aces and two eights. So now if you have two aces and two eights, uh-huh. that is called dead man's hand because that's the last hand he held as a live and then dead man. Well, first of all, that analysis brought to you by Flantastic. 
the best vending machine flan ever. Here's my beef with that. It, is it aces and eights or aces over eights? Aces over eights is a full house. Is that not correct? Do I have my terminology wrong? Okay, you're wrong on, on two, two counts here. Man, I only said two things. Okay. okay. Aces over eight Good sounds Lord. like a breakfast order with eggs. Okay. It's it's not any nothing's over anything. Nothing. Okay. okay. A full house, which is five cards, it's yeah. three of a kind and two of a kind. It's like three kings and two sevens. That's a full house. Two kings and two sevens is not a full house. It's a, it's about as far from a full house as you could be. And how do you refer to it? Why do you refer to it as aces and eights? Well, that's two pairs. So that, that what you would say aces and eights. Let's say you had kings and sevens. Right. And I had aces and deuces, to use your term, or aces and fins. Aces and aces okay. and six olas. The highest pair of the two pair yeah. is the winning hand. So your kings and jacks do not beat my aces and deuces. I win with aces and deuces because aces is better than kings. So when you lay them down proudly, you say aces and eights. Aces and six olas. Yes. You do. Yeah, you say aces and eights. And so there's no or you say aces up. That's the other expression you use. Aces up. That means two pair. Wow, that sounds kind of okay. cool. That sounds like people are going into the restroom in a seven forty seven for some fun. Aces up. Yeah, you could. We we would welcome you in the poker room. Now you play. How did you get hooked into poker, Norm Chad? How? Why? When? Where? I'm asking them all right now. All right, I was going through my second divorce. I had nowhere to go. The thing about a card room, I love libraries, and we'll discuss libraries later. I love libraries. Maybe not. But most libraries are not open 24 hours. So That's the, true. So the card room's open 24 hours. They let anybody in, and you have the possibility of leaving the card room with more money than you came into the card room legally. So I had nowhere to go going through my second divorce, so I started going to a card room in Los Angeles. And I called it the home, the house of broken dreams, because everybody in that card room had something very, very wrong with their life. <laughs> and did you share that? Uh, Did you not, find out some of the other horrific yeah. hell holes? And well, first I had – it's like a frat haze you got to go through, Chet. Uh, first they, they blow smoke. They blow cigarette smoke into your face for several weeks before you're allowed to speak. So after you have absorbed enough secondhand smoke and you're part of the group, then you could say, hey, I know you're a loser. You lost your job. You can't uh, flinch, can you? you know, if, you can't, if you flinch, you know what they do to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say they run you out. Aces over eights. They run you out. <laughs> And you know from the speed fishing circuit. Yes. He who hesitates. He who hesitates is lost and gets a fishing pole in the eye. Um, a fishing pole in the eye is just, that's not even covered by any of the new Affordable Care Act. No. And, in fact, that plug for the Affordable Care Act brought to you by Asgard. Sit down anywhere worry-free with all hemp Asgard. So you had to sit through five weeks of smoke in your face. Six. And a lot of horrific tales. Of the underbelly, the sleazy underbelly of society and meth addicts and third and fourth divorces and gunplay and things like that. And then finally you wormed your way into the inner circle and they accepted you as the pathetic human that they all were. I was equal to them. They didn't have jobs. They didn't have lives. They didn't have hope. I had all three. But they have a strategy at the table, I imagine. What's the worst strategy you ever saw at a poker table? Uh, a guy, when he had a really good hand, used to pick his nose and put that. I don't want to say it because this is a polite audience. No, it's not. He would put that booger on the back of one of his cards. Wow. And you knew that was his strategy. That's it. You know, there's easier ways to mark a card. <laughs> there are easier ways. And they have to go through pneumonia just to get a booger. Yeah. 
and slap it on the back of a gunboat, which is a 10, incidentally. Just look at a 10. Look at the face shot of a 10. It's a gunboat. I never thought of that. It is. 10 guns, baby. And that's maybe that's what happened to the one-eyed Jack. Ooh, you got shot out by gunboats. You got it. Man, this is starting to make sense, and I'm scared. Now, what is your strategy at a poker table? My strategy at a poker table? <laughs> if I'm playing Was with, that it? If I'm playing with somebody <laughs> else's money. play along? If I'm playing with somebody <laughs> else's money, I have no strategy because I'm not, uh, you know. If when somebody, are you playing with somebody else's money? You mean when you're winning? No, I'm never playing with somebody else's money. No, who's going to back me? I'm not a good poker player. <laughs> who's going to give me know. money? I don't know. The good folks at Zestimate get bad news from your contract. It will wink and a smile at Zestimate. They might back you. They seem to have money. Was that was that a Flan a vending machine you said earlier? Was it Flan? Flantastic. Oh, the fantastic. best vending machine Flan ever. They might back you. I've seen their machines everywhere. Although I fly almost exclusively the small airports. So maybe it's because of that. I love a good Flan. <laughs> Who doesn't? Oh, yeah. That's why it's everywhere. You know, it's all consistency with the Flan. Consistency with what, Chet? With the flan. It's slippery, too. Tough dessert to keep on the plate. It kind of flows away from you like a, like a barrel in a flood. Got to get that fork into it hard and keep it on the plate. I think so people have backed you? Yeah, they do. They back you. Some people say, listen, uh, you, did you see The Hustler? The old pool movie with Paul Newman and, and uh, George C. Scott and Jackie Gleason? I know of a Larry Flint Backed hustler movie, but I'm not aware of the classic. This was rated, of which you refer. Yes. Okay. So, uh, so Paul Newman was a pool player, and so George C. Scott says, "I'll back 100 percent of you, and then I get 50 percent of your winnings. But I'll back you 100 percent, but I get 50 percent of your winnings." That's exactly the deal here at Podcast One. That is right on the money. So somebody might do that with me. They'll pack 100 percent of my tournament entries, and then they take 50 percent of my winnings, which of course is equal to zero. Do you find? That calling the World Series of Poker helps you learn things so when you play poker, you're a better poker player. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's our, it's, 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 in fact, it's the reverse. I, I have watched maybe half a million hands of Texas No Limit Hold'em, and I have had no learning curve. But it does. Calling all those hands makes me good with the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. Ladies like nothing more than a good color man on a card game telecast. Why, why, oh, why did you go to Maryland? University of Maryland alum. You're a terrapin. You're a terp. You're a turtle. Yeah. You have a problem with that? Uh, Not yet, but I might. I grew up in the state of Maryland. Where? And at that time? Where'd you grow up? Silver Spring. Just one spring. Man, that's the kind of crap you're not getting on Dan Patrick's show. No, you're not. That right there. Silver Spring, Maryland. Home of Norm Chad. Do they have a plaque yet on the outskirts of town? No, but at the local IHOP there, they do have a, a little notation of where I threw up after one meal in which they did not refund my money. <laughs> Boy, you took them to the mat on that. Woo! That sounds it. like a six to eight month process. Well, that was a 1978 meal, and after I regurgitated it, they still claim that the uh, thing was not spoiled. Even after that, they analyzed it somehow. They analyzed it and would not Ooh. pay me. It would not, uh, would not refund the check. I would not trust the analyzation. I checked back in those days. So when you, when you grew up in Maryland, then you could go to the University of Maryland if you graduated high school and produced a driver's license. There was no, there was no entry, no, no admissions. So that was the easiest place to go, and so that's where I went. Wow. You know, I just found out, Norm, that my, uh, my, uh, my calcium level in my heart higher than my SATs. 
It's very tough. It's, it's hard to believe. It's not good news. So you went to the University of Maryland. What did you study? I studied. Where do we live? You and me, Chet. We live in uh, Los Angeles. Well, where's the bigger? What's the? What's this? What's Hollywood. This, what's this great nation that we live oh, in? God. Son of a gun, man! I've what's never this great good at nation these. we live in. Oh, United States of America. Yeah. What's the one word nickname for it? Uh, 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 America. Thank you. My major was American. Man, you thought that was going to take a lot shorter than it did, <laughs> didn't you? My major was American studies. Wow. I have a degree in American studies. And did that help you? Absolutely not. No, I didn't think it was going to. Not that. get a job off of that. Who's going to hire a University of Maryland American Studies graduate who once threw up in an international house of pancakes in Silver Spring, Maryland? That's simple. But Intricate Gem was brought to you by the Guantanamo Bay Tourist Board, torturously affordable Caribbean timeshares. Riddle me this. Why the fascination with Lemoyne? I check your Twitter. It's all about half of it's Lemoyne. The University of Lemoyne, correct? No, Lemoyne College. Lemoyne College. Yeah, but no one calls it Lemoyne College. It's Lemoyne. Lemoyne. A fine upstate, uh, upstate in Syracuse, New York. Syracuse, New York. The oh. better institution in Syracuse. Really? We play fair. And you're going to have a hard time selling that to the uh, Orange Nation. Yeah, I don't want to hear about Jim Beheim and Orange Nation. Lemoyne. And yeah. their nickname is? Of course, the Dolphins. The Dolphins. <laughs> the Dolphins. Man, up in Syracuse. So, you know, the freshwater dolphin is actually the carp. The so, carp of freshwater? Yeah, they should have gone with carp, but okay, dolphin. Yeah, we go into Dolphin. Or the Finns, which is also a five in poker if you are my par- broadcast <laughs> That's partner. That's right. Literally, a fish out of water, the Dolphins. Lemoyne now, you have some personal tie to Lemoyne. So, yeah, my tie was I, I got through my first two marriages so I can get to a third. And when I got to my third marriage, which is my current and last marriage. Are you on a schedule? I was on a schedule then. It's hard to get through How three marriages. How high are you going? I'm stopping at three. Stopping at three. But when I got to three. Hold them, literally. Oh, very good. You're going to stay. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna hold at three marriages and see if the house can beat you. <laughs> yeah, brother, that's a tough. That's one. a good one, Chet. Thank you. Uh, so, with my third marriage, I inherited uh, two stepchildren, and one of them, lo and behold, is a six foot six inch basketball player by the unlikely name of Isaiah Eisendorf. Wow! And he is a starting senior on the team of destiny in Division Two, Lemoyne. 6'6", six, six. definitely not coming out of your loins. No, not of my loins, none of my jeans, yeah. none of my pockets, and he's averaging eight points and five rebounds you for the Dolphins. 5'8", f- in the Frenchie Fuqua heels. 5'8 and a half, sir. 5'8 and a half. Yes. Well, that statistical correction brought to you by <laughs> Foot Kerchief. You've got one for your hands. Why not one for your feet? So the young lad, 6'6", six, six, Isaiah Eisendorf. Isaiah Eisendorf, and he's not some sort of grad transfer out of the University of Oslo? He is a half-Jew, half-black mamba on the court. Wow. Uh, I told him to change his last name. I said, no one fears you on the court if your last name is Eisendorf. Go with another name. He disagreed. He disagreed. But he's still, he's, he's a monster on the court. He's going for the surprise element. Eisendorf, people thinking we can steamroll this kid. I know. He's probably from the upper peninsula of Michigan. No coordination. Don't even have a satellite. Doesn't know how the game's played. They figure they can steam right right over him. Easy to post up a rabbi. So uh, you would think if your name's Eisendorf, people are going to take you lightly. Wow, man. I would hate to see the schematic 
of your second wife's former relationships. Now, who <laughs> or what rubs Norm Chad the wrong way lately? Oh, Lord. That is a long list. Yeah, give I mean, me the top one. You'll need Podcast 100 for me to give you the top one. <laughs> I know you got some beefs. Huh? You know who, who, who rubs me wrong the, the wrong way? Right now, who? Right now? Always Charlie Rose. Charlie now, Rose. this isn't a good time for Charlie, I know. But, but, but hey, pile on, baby. Well, Chet, you know, you conduct a good interview, okay? Thanks. I grew up with Charlie Rose before cable when he was on CBS Overnight. Where It doesn't matter who he interviewed because the, the questions were longer than the segments. So yeah. the interview could, interviewee could only answer during commercial breaks. So I never liked the cut of this guy's jib. I love that phrase. <laughs> yeah, I've never been. I don't even know what a jib is, but I don't like his cut. I'm telling you, uh, a jib, I believe, is either a sail on a boat that you had to trim a certain way so you like or don't like the cut of a man's jib, or it's a jazz saxophonist, and I've never been able to clear up that dilemma. But let me tell you this about my interviews. Love them or hate them, I'm not grab-assing with the 18-year-old intern from the local Catholic high school. Thank you. Exactly. All right. But you got to give Matt Lauer credit. Another guy I don't like to cut of his jib. No. He had the smarts in his office to have a secret button under his desk, which would lock the door, which meant he could never be interrupted yeah. in case he was doing something within those doors that was not, uh, how shall we say, network kosher. Right. You know, and uh, kosher, cut of the jib. I'm thinking there may be a third meaning to that phrase, which is the rabbi comes in and that's another name for the circumcision. You get your uh, jib cut. Ooh, you've now found actually the, the, the proper thing of jib. Forget yeah. the sale. Forget the <laughs> right. jazz saxophonist. We know what the jib is. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that insight brought to you by Buckshots, the deer-flavored tequila. Now, uh, what's your favorite Starbucks order? Uh, I have boycotted Starbucks since 1999. Wow. And that is for, for real. I am not making that up. Man, you go deep with this hatred. Very deep. It's, Why? It's two-pronged. Okay. First, I didn't like the fact that Starbucks was coming in and running out the mom and dad coffee shops, which had the old china and give you a refill for yeah. free. Okay? Incidentally, that's why the rabbi has to cut your jib often because it's too pronged. <laughs> and listen, Charlie. I'm sorry, Chet. Listen. That was the first thing. Yeah. And then the second thing, I went to into a new Starbucks here in Los Angeles in the farmer's market with who was going to be my uh, temporary sister-in-law. That marriage didn't last long. And she ordered a cappuccino, and there was no cappuccino in the cappuccino. And I came back to the guy and go, we, we need this redone. And he said, that's how we do it. I go, well, she doesn't want it. She, we need it redone. And then he got mad, and he said, I'll do, redo it for you. And he took his little styrofoam cup, and he tossed out the cappuccino that was in there, and he made a new cappuccino right out of there. He never apologized. He never said we were wrong. He never did anything for us, and he didn't even use a new cup. So at that point, I said, just say no to Starbucks. Norm Chad. The man who can hold a grudge. Brought to you by Sweet Co's Penicillin Nut Bar. Munch the pain away with Sweet Co. Are you ready? Because I believe, Norm, it's time for the Fiery Four. The Fiery Four. This is where I go through four hot, and I mean sizzling hot, sports topics and get your take on them. Fire number one. Blake Bortles. Lucky, good, or really lucky? He was working at the Home Depot about a week before the season began. And they just went in there to get, I believe, a garden hose. And he is now in the playoffs one game away from the Super Bowl. I would say that's incredibly lucky! <laughs> wow. I hate to say it, but you have just woken up my audio, man. 
Little Jimmy's going to have to go for an ear check after that one. But you're saying he was outside at the Home Depot. So at least that, I believe, is more responsibility for a Home Depot employee. So he wasn't far down the pecking order. He was high up and maybe had to occasionally uh, uh, toss a camellia plant or something, keep his arm in shape. He, he might have been ready for it. He was still on probation at Home Depot. He didn't even oh have a regular shift. Wow, the Home Depot probation. That means lay off the forklift. Fire number two, Olympics. Why do they keep putting them in scary parts of the world? What's the deal? Why Sochi, now South Korea? What, we're eight miles from a potential nuclear holocaust? Why do they do that, Norm? Listen, Chet, they're going to be in South Central in 2028, which actually goes right up with your scary parts of the world. So I don't know why you think those places are scary, but why do you even pay attention to the Olympics anymore? You don't? No. You don't like the Olympics? No. Why not? They're rigged. They're rigged? They're rigged like the college football playoff. They're rigged like the Electoral College. They're rigged like Wall Street. They're rigged like my first marriage. They're rigged. Wow. Your first marriage was rigged? And I didn't see it coming. Man, oh, man, I'm telling you, there is a reality show in your first three marriages. However, we might have to push you to six or seven in order to get uh, 12 episodes out of it. But I think E would buy that. Fire number three, Mike Tomlin. Is he the Bo Pelini of the pros? <laughs> I am a Steelers fan, Chet. Oh, then that had to hurt. Man, oh, man, oh, man, that had to sting yesterday. He looks like he's a winner, but I can't tell you over the last few years how many times they lose to teams they shouldn't lose to, how many times is, I'm going to use this expression, in-game management is not correct. Right. In-game management. No. No, they're they're as scattered as your second wife. I don't know why you decide to run the car over and over my conjugal corpse. Well, uh, uh, hey, look, we're... It's playing out. It's yeah, nice well, you're Richie April from The Sopranos. It's, it's a nice thread through the show, and having never been married myself, at least legally in this country, <laughs> I, can, uh, I can walk out that plank with you. Fire number four, the Lutheran miracle in Minnesota. Best play ever. First of all, it was executed by a Terp. Ooh, that's right. That ride receiver, Mr. Diggs, is a Terp. Stefan Diggs. Best play ever, indeed. From a family of 19, a world of courage. Okay. It, it, by the way, puts the Immaculate Reception to waste. It does. Even if the Immaculate Conception were better, it puts it to waste because the Immaculate Conception was before they even had uh, regular cameras. Back then, you had to actually hand crank the camera while you were uh, shooting the game. I'm not, I'm not, there were maybe two angles of the Immaculate Reception. Well, recept- okay, you were saying, and, and I you thought you were talking about I thought you were talking about the baby Jesus because you kept saying the Immaculate. No, Conception. no, no. Uh, okay. The, the, uh, yeah. Although I, I, I have a friend named Baby Jesus, but I do not want to get into on air. Uh, what this man sells. But, yeah, the Immaculate Reception and the, the camera angles are dog crap. You can't even see the place. Some so Raiders fans claim and didn't it never happened. happened. Yes. And, you know, I'm starting to side with them. This, however, Stefan Diggs, the fastest turp ever, the fastest turtle in the history of the world. Just grab that baby out of the air. I think it might be the greatest play ever. I agree. He, he benefited from the Cirque du Soleil defender. Marcus Williams, who yeah. decided to do something that I don't know what it was, but it, it's only you do that off a trapeze, and he never touched. No, Stephon. I've seen grandpas with walkers who were able to adjust faster than that young kid. But he'll live it down. He's a quality player for the Saints. Uh, he's a kid with a dream. Yeah, he's just, hey, aren't we all kids with dreams? Speaking of, 
uh, I've had a dream to try to establish curling uh, a little higher profile for the game here in the United States. And I'll tell you why, because if you've ever seen international curling, I don't know if you're aware of this. This is one hell of a game. I mean, the stance. You ever go to Norway, Sweden? Even Seth, Latin- I'm going to have to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you right now with a pop quiz. Get out of here. Yes. Chet Waterhouse, we want to see how good you are with a special edition of the NFL Playoffs Pop Quiz. Pop Quiz, this pop quiz brought to you by Hypnosis. Get rid of those redneck tendencies once and for all with Hypnosis. All right, go ahead. This one's on me. I don't know what's coming. I do not know what's coming. All right, five pop quiz questions. Chet, Tom Brady and the Patriots have now gone to seven straight AFC championship games. But can you name the quarterback and pro football team that once went to ten straight league title games? The Green Bay Packers. Oh, Chester, 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 Chester. You disappoint me. Do I get a second guess? Yes. All right. Uh, the the, the uh, Chicago Bears. Right. Under uh, what's his face? You that t- old guy. Yeah, George Hallis. George Hallis. You took thank two you. storied franchises. You should have taken another storied franchise, which unfortunately did not win a game this year. That's right. The Cleveland Browns and Otto Graham. Do you remember Otto Graham? I do. Rem- not only do I remember Otto Graham, I got into a bar fight with Otto Graham. And he is one tough ex-Marine. He was 84 at the time, but he, I'm going to be frank with you, he cleaned my clock. Okay, so they went to 10 straight, 1946 to 1955, 10 straight league championship games, and they won seven of them, so I don't want to hear about Tommy Brady. Well, but that's back when you could fold up your helmet and stick it in your back pocket. I don't know if that's football. All right, go ahead. Question number two. All right, number two, Chad. I'm 0 for 1. What current, what current NFL coach has been with the same team for 15 years without a playoff victory? Marvin Lewis. Oh, uh, you didn't disappoint me this time, my friend. Did I get that one right? You are the baby, Jesus. Get out of here, baby. Marvin Lewis, 0-7 in the playoffs. Most, most defeats ever in the playoffs without a playoff win. That correct answer by me brought to you by Pinocchio's. Nevada's only all-puppet brothel. Question number three. All right, another one I think you have a shot at. Only one quarterback, Chet, in NFL history has won multiple playoff games without a defeat and has never thrown a postseason interception. Who might this be? Wait a second. Unbeaten in the playoffs. Unbeaten in the playoffs. Multiple games. Never thrown a pick. And never thrown a pick in the playoffs. Blake Bortles. Yeah, you nailed it! How'd you get Blake Bortles? <laughs> I don't know. How'd you get Blake Bortles? <laughs> because everybody else has played enough games and had to have the passing game relied on where eventually an interception would happen. Yeah, he's only played two this year. And, and, and bonus for you, do you know he, where he went to college? Uh, he is a University of Central Florida Golden Knight. Is Incor- he not? Incorrect. All right, then, let me guess again. He is a, uh, let me see, oh, brother. Lake Bortles. It was one of those crazy schools where they throw the ball all over the yard. The DeVry Institute. Texas Tech. The De- he went to DeVry. Now, I lied wow. to you. You were correct. University of Central wow. Florida. Wow. So Very I nice. got the bonus. You got the now bonus I'm three right. three and one. You're three and one. How many more are there? Uh, there's only five total. All right. Here's another one. I'm, I'm keeping you in the current time because autogram kind of hurts you. I'm going to keep you in the current times. Since Super Bowl 36, that's 16 Super Bowls ago. The AFC representative has been quarterbacked by either Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or Ben Roethlisberger every year but two of the last 16. Who are the two quarterbacks who broke through there, who weren't Peyton, weren't Brady, weren't Roethlisberger? That got to the Super Bowl? That got to the Super Bowl in the last 16. Man, oh man, I wish I could say I watched the Super Bowl a little more, but... 
-hmm. Can't take the half times. Mm, let me think. Let me think. Let me mull this over. I'm going to go with David Carr and Fran Tarkington. Very bad guesses. But we they? appreciate. We appreciate David Carr never made the Super Bowl. Fran Tarkington did, did, but well before this period of time. That was the 1970s he was making the Super Bowl. Hey, look, I took a shot. What okay. do you want from me? So, uh, Super Bowl 30. The whole idea of this show, if you haven't gotten it by now, is we keep it moving. All right. Super Bowl 37, Rich Gannon of the Raiders. Wow. They lost to Tampa Bay and John Gruden that year. Rich Gannon of the Raiders. My goodness. I believe, if I'm not mistaken right now, he runs a crankbait operation in northern Idaho for tourists. Uh, I believe that is correct. Yeah. It's big. It's not a small thing. He's got franchises, all the Gannets. And Gannets Bay Shop. Ten years later. Get the spoon. Good ten for years Northern later. Ike. Super Bowl 47, still Track playing in the, the lead. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Joe Flacco with the Ravens. Joe Flacco! And they beat the 49ers. That was the Harbaugh's against each other. Like a waitress with a bad memory, Flacco just keeps coming at you. <laughs> all right, so I'm down. So I'm three and two. So this will determine if I finish 500 or if I finish with a winning record. Yes. Pop yes. quiz, last question, Gil Norm. I left the last, the toughest for last. Chet, what is a catch? Well, that's a trick question. Nobody knows what a catch is. You are <laughs> four right? and two. <laughs> yes, baby. I got a winning record. And that winning record brought to you by Daylight. It's everywhere. Till about 6.30 or show. My guest today... Everybody, the great Norm Chad. Follow Norm on Twitter, at Norman Chad. Follow me on Twitter, at Chet Waterhouse, and my good buddy Jeff Cesario, at Real Jeff Cesario. You're going to have to Google that to find out how that Italian name is spelled. If you want more of me this weekend, folks, I'll be with my good buddies Taft Hartley and PJ Bottoms calling the Tucson to Tijuana Desert Forklift Rally. We'll see if they can break last year's sizzling winning time norm of one month. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.